Welcome back to another Doctor Supercoach podcast. You're on this week with JB, and I'm joined by the People's Champion. Pistol! <laughs> the People's Champion. <laughs> Pistol. Thanks for the spoilers there, mate. Uh, you're welcome. I've just been trying to find new new ways to... Well, it's not even new because I've done that before, but it, <laughs> this time it was a bit later, um, just to spoil your intros because I, I need to keep you on, on edge. You know, intros are the, probably the most nerve-wracking part of the whole entire podcast, and you just popping up and screaming your name here and there d- definitely makes it worse, just so we're all on the same page here. Excellent. No, that's, that's, that's literally my intention, <laughs> okay, so okay, good. I'm glad. Thank you. I'm you glad you're achieving your goals at the same time. See... People help each other out. Oh, geez. Um, speaking of helping each other out and helping and other stuff like that, how's the Cancer Council going, mate? It was, it was like kind of a good segue and then it I was made like, it worse. nah. But I think you, you got there. Um, the Cancer Council this week, well, I do first want to say we are obviously strongly pushing the Donate for Donuts throughout the buy rounds. I'll explain what it is for people that haven't been aware of it this year. Basically, if you get a donut throughout the buy, you pledge a certain amount per donut to donate to the Cancer Council just as a kind of way to say, look, I didn't plan so well for the buys and I'm copying it in the game, but the Cancer Council should at least be you know, benefiting from um, this and instead of getting those zeros on your fields, maybe you can donate a few zeros to the uh, the cancer council. Um, a few so zeros, far, cheapers. yeah, a few now, zeros. before or after the decimal point. Yeah, it depends. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so far, since the beginning of last year, we have raised four thousand eight hundred and ninety-seven dollars for the cancer council. So only a hundred and three from the five k mark. Um, so we're awfully close to that. Which would be amazing. Um, um, we we donate to that as well, but the community obviously is ninety nine percent of that, and that is just amazing. Like I, we can't say enough how huge that is to just watch that keep ticking up, and you know we keep pushing it. You guys keep going for it, and it's 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 truly awesome. Sorry to cut you off, pistol, but it's amazing. That's all right. I cut you off. You cut me off. Where we're square now, <laughs> um, <laughs> or circle. Um, oh all right. So I'm going to read through the donations for this week uh first up we have schneid adam schneider said first time i've ever paid for a whore oh jeez, <laughs> schneider coming in big with the the good response there i think that's that's one of my favorites uh i think that we've ever read out so i do challenge anyone to come up with something yeah, try even more that. creative than that um that is hilarious but i am with you in that donation i am the next donator uh, also for a whore donuts, so you know you can't really if you if you've got Rocky and Crouch and Zach Williams and I guess Lockhart and all all that all, all the that excuses. and then all the excuses and you use up <laughs> your two trades to plug every hole in your team and then you cop whore as a laid out on top of it. Well, there's not much you can do about that. So I've joined you in donating four donuts, um, which was kind of strange for me jb i don't think i've copped a donut in about five years or so i'm the same i I can't remember the last time i copped a donut to be honest so that but also my team's not in that good of a place that i I can also see myself having to donate like next week for example so (laughs) (laughs) if things go bad if halls are laid out i might be in trouble um so yeah these buys uh yeah the cancer council might be racking up uh, a couple of dollars especially from me so um, JB, a bit more housekeeping. How about you take us through the uh, the patrons? So I'm sure I'm going to butcher a couple of names in this one, but I definitely won't butcher this one. The first one being Nick. 
Thank you for your pledge, mate. Appreciate your patronism. Tyler Cowan is the next one, followed by Jake Barry. So appreciate you guys. Now, the one tough name per week has come up, and it's Jacob Annecy. That sounds right, JB. I think you did a good job. Oh, look, Jacob's going to message me on Slack if I, if I mucked it up, but we do appreciate all four of you guys jumping in. And that sort of takes us to the next segue, which is the Dr. Supercoach Cup, which is about to have its uh, end date or its starting date closed off. So uh, newly submitted people in the Patreon uh, won't be able to get into that soon, Pistol. So do you want to talk us through that a little bit? Yeah, when's the cutoff date? I think it's the last <laughs> buy. All right, so we'll have a round of 256 where majority of people will have the buy in the first week and then obviously round of 128 um, the week after that and it'll, it'll end in the second last week of the season. Basically, it's a knockout tournament and winner wins the Dr. Supercoach Cup. Which is... As simple as that. Massive and it's going to be... I think we're going to get creative with the prize. We're not 100% sure what it is yet but... It'll be good. I'm pretty confident of that, and it's exciting. I think rivalries are already starting to form, and people are already starting to bicker. It's exactly what we want. <laughs> it's it's awesome to be around. So uh, that is the housekeeping. Having said that, we will jump into the AFL teams, Pistol, and we'll start off with Richmond versus Geelong on the Friday night here. And in for Richmond, we have Daniel Rioli, Jacob Townsend, Jack Graham, and Patrick Nash. I think that's how you pronounce it. It might be Nash. I'm not sure, but... Out goes Brandon Ellis with an injury, Shy Bolton, Nathan Broad, and David Asprey. So the interesting, uh, I haven't even gone through Geelong, which is Ablett and Stanley in for Parsons and Zach Smith, Zach Smith. So nothing really to talk about in Geelong side. The interesting thing for Richmond is Patrick Nash, obviously debuting, uh, comes in for take your pick out of Brandon Ellis uh, or Nathan Broad, probably the most like-for-like picks there. What do we think of Nash coming in? Because... I don't know about you, Pistol, but I'm not seeing a lot of rookies or any rookies to downgrade to this week, especially if we consider ones that aren't on the buy. Is it crazy to think that Nash could be a target for teams this week if they're trying to field 18 or, uh, for example, just want to get a warm body on the field for the next two games if we even expect him to play that many? What are your just overall thoughts having seen this for the first time? Well, we probably should mention that he's a 123k defender. Mm-hmm. Richmond have the last buy, and he's been carving it up in the VFL, averaging 24 touches a game and just over a goal a game as well. So, Just over a goal a game. So what, what sort of position are we looking at here? Well, I mean, it's not irrelevant, but you'd think in the Richmond side, he'd slot into the halfback flank. Um, so might not keep up that goal a game um, in the Richmond side proper. But JB, I think... With someone that has this good scoring potential, possibly coming in at the right time, it's so risky jumping on him before he's played a game. But at the same time, Richmond have been so good to us with their rookies. The only one that I got was Bolter, which is pretty unfortunate given how well (laughs) Stack and Baker and... They've all gone so well. I mean, Bolton probably was the worst performing, but he's still got a good run at it this season. I mean, we're, we're looking at the ins here, and you can see Townsend and Graham, and you're thinking, well, he Nash could really be better than both of those and remain in the side. Short's going to come back after the bye, and he's going to play in the VFL, so we could get a good four, five weeks out of Nash, and even so, if he's good, like he can definitely hold his spot, um, but that's yet to be seen because we haven't actually 
you know, we don't know um, if he is going to be good or not. But certainly how things have gone so far this season, it hasn't seemed like Dimmers wanted to just play a young kid for one game and then toss him aside. And especially when you look at Ellis is out injured with a groin, would they rush him back before the bye? Or would they just give him the next week off as well and bring him back fresh after the bye from his injury? So I'm feeling quite confident that he will get given at least two games, um, which might be enough for some people. Yeah, so me personally, I'm considering trading in Gardner this week. And as I said on the earlier podcast during the week, someone like Lockhart down to Gardner this week could be crucial for some people as um, they can't make two or three downgrades next week. And then we've got Bewley there as well. So uh, people wanting to obviously make a few upgrades. So a zero for a zero essentially is okay. What would be better than that is a zero for an actual scoring player and getting my tally from... 18 or 19 players up to you know 1920 which is then in the territory of now my worst score drops out of my team and you know a lot of people that are copying 18 or less this round every single point counts so it's it's in consideration it's it's something that teams absolutely have to consider and I know it's obviously a cardinal sin to jump on a player before their bubble boy so before their bubble's about to pop on their third game, it's even worse to jump on after you know just one and zero games, obviously. But we only need two games from him essentially. So you know, if we back him to do that, then why wait? It's only the scoring potential that worries me. I think also if he does get dropped, Richmond play very early on for pretty much every game for the rest of the season. So he becomes a very bad loophole option you won't be able to take you know that d7 and loophole so you have to be really careful about this it's not something that i would advise just to get like an extra player when you already have you know 18 or 19 definites this week it's more when you're super struggling you need this league win or you you need overall you need to hold like and this is the way that you can get an extra score on the field it's not the best, but if you are downgrading someone like Lockhart who's not playing this week and not playing next week, I can definitely see merit in that move. Um, JB, you have to say as well, Asprey's out injured. Bolter's named in the back line, but I actually would expect Bolter to play as a backman this week. How do you think he's going to score? He'll probably be matched up on someone like Radicalia, which is... In my opinion, obviously Radically that isn't drawn to the ball too often either, as we see with his disposal count. But I just think it's the worst possible thing for Bolter to both be a tied to a key to, uh, key forward, b he's still raw and you know gives away a lot of free kicks. And if they lead to goals, and it's just so harmful for him. Um, I'm hoping for those who own him. I'm I'm not an owner personally. I'm hoping he sort of plays there a bit, but also gets the freedom to roam a little bit, I guess. But it's not looking good for those who have Bolter and have to field him and only have 18, so have to get his score regardless. Yeah, I'm, I'm feeling a sub-30 score this week from Bolter, but I, I have said that on... I think I said that three podcasts in a row and you went above 80 in all of them. And then <laughs> there you I go, locking in 80, week. everyone. <laughs> yeah, I didn't say it last week and he got 47. So, uh, yes, you heard it here first. He will score sub-30 this week. JB, do you want to take us into the next game? Next game is Carlton versus the Brisbane Lions. Carlton, a lot of ins and outs on this one. So Dale Thomas returns after just one week in the VFL. Coming in also is O'Brien, Mitch McGovern, and Simpson. So Cade Simpson got that rest as well last week. Out goes Alex Fasolo through omission. Liam Stocker is injured. Matt Kennedy omission and Darcy Lang as well. 
So a few interesting points there, but firstly, uh, Bristol Lions in comes Jacob Allison and out goes Ben Keyes. So uh, Keyes out through admission as well. So on the Carlton side of things, we'll start there. Firstly, uh, Liam Stocker going out with an injury. Just the absolute worst timing for anyone counting on him through the buyers. Yeah, I'm not sure what it was. I did see that he barely touched it in the second half last week. So Do we reckon it was a, um, a lockout injury of a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> possibly, yeah. It could have been more of a, let's save his ego and we'll say he's injured, mm. but really just drop him. Um, they had to make changes and, you know, the people got cut that didn't perform and hopefully they can bounce back this week with a, a new coach, JB. Yep, and besides that, there's not a whole lot of movement on the super coach relevancy side of things on this one. Um, obviously, Thomas and Cade Simpson back in. I, I don't think there's a lot of Newman fans out there who will be overly concerned that that will affect him too negatively. So there's yeah, not really a lot more to talk about this one if we want to go through the next. Yeah, we will. So on the to the Gold Coast Suns versus North Melbourne for the Suns. Income Harbrow, Brody, and Tuk Tuk Miller. Out goes Jack Bowes. Uh, Schoenfeld and George Holland Smith on the north side. In comes Durden, out goes McMillan with that injury. Um, JB, new coach Jack Zebel, talk to me. Yeah, so the one week sample size that we've had so far is that he's going to play midfield. Um, and if Perfect. I was guaranteed, if I was guaranteed of that for the whole season, I would definitely be looking to him as an upgrade target, um, as a premium in, in my forward line, obviously. But as we know with Jack Zibble's career, and even this season, you don't even have to look at his whole career. Just this season, he's had weeks in, weeks out, weeks in, weeks out. I think it's very match-up dependent and even score dependent. He's just prone to resting down there when they, you know, if they're up or down by too much or whatever it is. I just I can't see myself getting him or considering him. Resting forward against Gold Coast might not be a bad that's bad true. place to be that this week, true. to be honest with you. Um, but I'm more interested in uh, talking just very quickly um, about your thoughts on Ben Cunnington. I know on the Mo- Monday podcast, um, you went, I guess, t- talking about him and saying you think he could possibly be a top 10 mid. But uh, have you managed to have a look at his run home and noticed anything, I guess, scary? Well, I'm going to look at it a one-week sample size and say he's captainable this week. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, Look, I, mean, I haven't quite do looked into points. the run home pistol. I'm sure you yourself has, considering you're asking the question. <laughs> it, does it not look good? They barely play at Marvel Stadium at all for the rest of the season. He's scored very well there this year. Um, his 159 was at Marvel. Um, but yeah, he's, one, he's 133 as well at Marvel. Otherwise, you know, he goes kind of below... I mean pretty much below 120 except for one game. When you say uh, they barely that, play there, you, they've literally got this game against Gold Coast there and then... Oh, so that's at Metricon. That's at Metricon, yeah. Okay. Marvel, yeah. Marvel they they play Collingwood in round 15, Essendon round 17, Hawks round 20, and Port round 22. So only four times for the rest of the season. So I feel like that might be an underrated point that people are looking at. You know, he's played like eight or nine games at Marvel this year where he scores well, and then that's going to contribute to his average, you know, leaning, looking a bit healthier than maybe he might end the year. Throwing in our games against Brisbane at the Gabba, West Coast in Perth, Geelong in Geelong. That, there's some bad fixtures as well. I mean, yeah. You've, yeah. I mean, and look, consider the fact he, he, that 
Higgins is just about to make his Brownlow push as he does every <laughs> season. Points I th- points won't be uh, shared around too much in, in that club now. <laughs> Look, I think he's still fine pick um, for your M8, but I just don't think that he's going to maintain this exact you know 113 average that he's going at. I think it might dip off maybe a couple of points and would probably rather one of the West Coast Eagles boys um, if you are looking at you know a final M8 upgrade later. Yeah, I tend to agree. I think that's pretty good advice there, Pistol. So uh, the West Coast boys going heavily under the radar at the moment. Gaff and Yo both, uh, I think, underrated to this point by Supercoaches. So the next game is Adelaide versus GWS. This actually shapes to be a pretty good game. I'm looking forward to this one. Um, in for Adelaide comes Carl Hardigan, Richard Douglas, and Matt Crouch. Believe it or not, oh boy. he does still yes. exist. Yes. Out goes Hugh Greenwood through omission, which I think is a little bit harsh. Even harsher, Bryce Gibbs after his tagging role last week. Out through omission, and David McKay uh, out omitted as well. GWS in Zach Williams. Look at all this. <laughs> Sam Taylor comes in as well uh, to replace Lockie Keefe and Lockie Whitfield. So the two Lockies going out. Now, a lot to talk about. Just the fact that we're getting our players back and Williams and Crouch will play. Oh, they're... they're- Great news. Happy days. Finally getting them when we need them as well in the bye. Um, thank God for that. But JB, it's funny that Gibbs is, you know, he did a pretty good tagging role last week. And GWS have some, I'd say some players you might want to tag. And then they drop him. So what's with that? He's going to be a late in for Rory Sloan. Oh, that. <laughs> Actually, wouldn't be surprised uh, if that happened. It is funny looking, though, at their listed center line. So from wing center to wing, um, Adelaide have named, named the very elite uh, combination of uh, Rory Atkins, Richard Douglas, and Jordan Gallucci. <laughs> hey, now. Hey, now. Atkins <laughs> is having a decent year. Let's, I mean, he's, he's pretty good. Look, I mean, yes. It doesn't doesn't quite stack up to the yeah, GWS well, combination. Brad is at half forward, so I mean. Yeah. That's why I said the listed. Oh, wait, wait. Sorry, Pistol. Can I just... Matt DePore on here is on Jordan Gallucci. Can we expect that <laughs> to be where the tag ends up for? Oh, 100%. <laughs> Smart work by GWS. Hey, they know their players to, to a target. Yeah. That, <laughs> yes, no, that is that is uh, what I'm expecting come game day. If Sloan is playing, obviously DePore will go to Sloan, so... Um, yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see about that. JB, just quickly, Canelio coming off at 207. Um, he's very cheap. He's 510k. Uh, would you consider him at M8 in the same you know Cunnington type mold? I beg, super coaches that follow us, <laughs> to not chase these points. He's had two scores above 104 this season. Albeit a 155 and a 207, which looks amazing. I, I know he's got a high ceiling. He's incredible. But come on, that's two scores out of how many games have we played? 11 now? And the rest of them are, are just very subpar for what you'd want from an M8 or M7 or wherever he ends up. So I don't think he's going to be bad from this point on. Obviously, he's, he's got a ton of talent and he's been unlucky with injury a lot this season. But just not someone that I'm looking to bring in, especially after a big score like that. Yeah, I feel like he might average, though, 140 and make me win overall. So there's that as well. Take that into consideration. And that's why I'm saying it, so you can win the overall. 
<laughs> Thank you, I do appreciate it. Um, Riley O'Brien is named this week. People thought maybe Sam Jacobs would come back after his 229-point Supercoach game in the uh, sample. But, uh, yeah, just an emergency for this one. So probably Riley O'Brien might make it to the bye after all. Yeah, reward the kid. He's put in such a good effort without Sam Jacobs playing. Um, they've got, obviously... Um uh, Mumford this week. Uh, it's going to be a big test for him physically. I, I'd imagine he'll get through this one and then um, maybe get through the bye, maybe miss next week or whatever it is. But he's he's it's going to be sooner or later. Imagine, imagine <laughs> if he misses next week after this entire time with people holding I, him. I'm scared to say it, but I genuinely think after getting beaten up by Mumford and Jacobs putting in another good sample performance, that he's probably likely to miss next week. Oh my gosh! I think I think I said about six weeks ago, but like in a haha, imagine if this happens type of way. Um, but it may actually happen, so that's pretty scary. Um, do you want to take us through the next game, JB? Sure. So the next one is Sydney versus West Coast. Uh, last game on the Sunday here. So we've got the extended benches on this one. Um, in comes Darcy Cameron, Riley Stoddart, Jackson Thurlow, James Rowbottom, and James Rose. Only outlisted thus far is Robbie Fox through injury. And then for West Coast, we've got a big lot of ins here. Tom Hickey, Jackson Nelson, Josh Rotham, which is good. Jared Cameron, Brandon Archie, and Josh Smith come in for Shannon Hearn and Oscar Allen, who's injured. I didn't actually know Allen copped an injury. So Hearn is the big one here. We missed the week before his bye, then his bye, maybe the week after, but likely back after the bye. Um, big break even. It sucks for those who own him because they are down a player this week. It sucks for those who don't own him because he's not going to drop before he returns. Uh, this is a lose-lose. Yeah. It, it's pretty funny uh, just because as a non-owner, you're like fearing whenever Hearn plays because you don't know what he's going to score. And obviously in the buy, you're even more worried because these Hearn owners, have there's less players for me to try and catch up on them. But then he's out, but I'm sad about it because I wanted him to drop him money. So it kind of, maybe it's a win-win, JB. Maybe we should look at it that way. <laughs> it's definitely not. It can't be a win-win. <laughs> yeah, we, they don't, they don't for, for non-owners. Uh, they might only have 17 playing this week now. <laughs> Yeah, but it keeps it for, for if you own him, he's like kept more unique. And if you don't own him, you they don't have the extra player. Oh, I don't Is that know. How Fe- we're look feels at like it? a lose lose. <laughs> so I, I love your <laughs> optimism there, but I'm not oh, sure. No. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> um, besides that, besides the Sher- uh, Shannon Hearn, that's the second time I've almost called him Shern now. Can that be his new nickname? Yeah, I, I don't mind it. Goes, we'll call him Shern. Goes well. Um, now, the only silver lining besides the win-win that you tried to spin just then is the potential Josh <laughs> Rothen finally getting his third game. I feel like even though uh, it's probable with Oscar Allen out as well, we're probably only going to see a one-week loan from him in the side. So can we really trust to trade him in and, and play round 13? Oh, no, <laughs> probably not. I think anyone who comes in, whether it be uh, Nelson or Josh Smith either, anyone that comes in for Hearn is probably going straight back out for Hearn as well. So yeah, I wouldn't be touching any of those players. JB, did you want to have a crack at who's going to come in for Robbie Fox? <laughs> um, I'll go with James Rose. James Rose? I'll, okay. I like Rose. I think he's got a bit of talent. I actually I like Rose as well, but he just never plays. Yeah, he doesn't. And Robbie Fox, James Rose, they're similar types of players. I'm sure someone 
Well, that support Sydney yeah. might yell at me or scream at me. Yeah, but they're close. Maybe, maybe we could maybe Robottom. Could be. Maybe. Yeah, but Robottom's yeah. just not very good, is he? No, I mean it's great timing for him to come back for all those owners so that they can get his twenty-four this yeah, week. But Rosie's actually good. Okay, <laughs> I don't disagree. <laughs> no, it could be it could be any one of those. <laughs> it could be any one of those players. Pretty much, I couldn't tell you to be honest. Uh, Probably not Darcy Cameron. It could be. West Coast are very tall. <laughs> it, it could be. They are very tall. Um, I've probably jinxed it now, and that probably will be an eye <laughs> on my face. That, yeah. <laughs> um, last game of the round, uh, the Queen's birthday clash. Do you want to run us through that one? Yes, I do. Um, on the Collingwood side, out goes Dane Beams with that injury. He's having surgery on his hip. In comes Braden Sire. I imagine that he will be named right in the squad. Um also, Mason Cox, Isaac Quainer, and Josh Dacos and Ben Crocker come into the uh, emergencies, sorry, extended interchange on the Melbourne side. Out goes Oscar McDonald and Jay Kennedy Harris. In comes a list that include Marty Hoare, Stephen May, Jake Lever. That's just the backline. Salem, wow. Proust and Alex Neil Bullen. I feel like Melbourne are just like, all right, this is our crack before the bye. We just bring in the A team, and they've just like rushed back. Every one of those players are potentially, besides maybe Proust, are potentially in their best twenty-two. I reckon all of them are on their best day. Yeah, yeah. I would not. I literally would not be surprised if every single one of them came in. I mean, I'd be a little surprised, <laughs> but, but it's also not unbelievable um, that all of them could come in. It's just funny because their backline now looks actually really solid when you see Marty Horse, Stephen May, and Jake Lever across that. Um, back pockets and full back line. I'm like, wow, that is a really good back line from D's. Yeah, and it, yeah, pretty much as you said. Now, my question to you is, Marty Hoare um, potentially playing. Uh, we think, obviously, he's going to be named in the squad. That he, he'll get through the extended bench, etc. He's not going to go out for any of these guys. But I want to know what you think his scoring would be like with players like May and Lever playing... Not the exact role, but I mean, Lever's pretty much like for like, and he's good at what he does. So, could we see Hall maybe losing a few marks per game? He's almost the best in the competition at what he does, and you know, he hasn't played a lot of footy. So, I couldn't imagine him going completely just off the grid, but just how do you think it will affect him? It's a good question. Um, Thank you. Honestly, I don't think it's going to matter that much because Marty Hoare's break-even is 45 and then most people, if not everyone, are going to trade him out this week or the week after. I do think it will, as in I don't think it will affect our super coaches as much. I think it will affect his scoring somewhat, maybe not this week because the ball's just going to be living in that Melbourne back line for the whole game. Um, so he should have plenty of opportunities to score well um, this week, JB. So not too worried for this one week, but we'll certainly be worried um, if I was planning on holding him as like a D7 or something for the rest of the year uh, that would concern me greatly probably advisable for a lot of people to look at him to Sicily for not a lot of coin next week I think that'll be a popular trade yeah or, or Ryan or there's plenty of others yeah no 100% um, that, that are about that price that you could just make a yeah 80k upgrade to so that is the teams only the six obviously playing in the first buy round of the season um, you obviously missed the earlier podcast uh, during the week, so do you have any last nuggets of advice for people? Maybe, um, obviously, you didn't get your two cents in on Whitfield discussion. Um, anything like that you want to discuss? Uh, no, 
no, but thank you for it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> wow. Um, of course I want to say something. Um, Lockie Whitfield, I agree with what you guys were talking about, and uh, it is a trade-out for me as well, unfortunately, because uh, that's going to hurt the trade bank. But um, just with GWS, how many times have we seen it this year where they list a certain timeline on a time frame on the injury and just do not care if they hit it or don't hit it? I can't imagine they're going to be like trying to rush him back you know, as soon as possible, they'll let it heal and make sure he's right to go for the you know latter half of not latter half but latter quarter of the year as well as finals because they will definitely be up there and their fixture is relatively soft so I think they'll you know comfortably be sitting in that top four as well so I don't think they're going to really be pushing him back and uh, if you do have Brody Smith it's possible that it might just be worthwhile hanging on to him at D six until Whitfield's back and then maybe trying to make that little switcheroo. There you go. You took one of my follow-up questions, which was um, I'm seeing a lot of people make the upgrade from a rookie. Uh, sorry, trading out Whitfield, but also um, like trading him to a Hooli or something like that, not getting Hearn and then getting Hearn in a couple of weeks. So obviously essentially getting six premium defenders. And then I sort of wonder how, how do they plan on then getting Whitfield in from those six premium defenders. So the Smith thing answered my question that I was going to ask, but... My second question is, how highly do you consider the continuously injured Zach Williams, which is a bit of a myth, I think, but obviously coming off an injury now, as his replacement? Because uh, uh, during the very little time that he's spent without Lockie Whitford in the team, he scored amazing. I do think he will score well, but I am incredibly worried. I know you said he's. it might be a little bit of a myth, his injury history, but watching the games, it's just every game he cops a knock here or there, and then he just misses buying into the random myth, games. Oh no! But he does. He ends up with bandages. <laughs> he ends up. He's he gets a little red cross on fan foot. Not the little red cross, but he gets a band aid icon on fan footy nearly every single game. Um, I think he's a good option, but at the same time, I would much rather the safety of let's say a lead or so. Fair enough. I like that. So. That's Whitfield done. Uh, do you have any gems of advice for those uh, planning heavily for the buys, or was that mostly covered earlier in the week? I think it's been mostly covered. If if you have the, I just think keep in mind plan out your entire buys from now. Don't don't think oh well I have eighteen this week I don't need to trade, and then you get to next week and you're like wow I wish I had four trades and you could have traded you know a non-playing player to another non-playing player this week and bank some cash and allowed your trades to go through for for the very next week so plan out the buys as a whole don't try and do it week by week because when you do week by week you end up falling short somewhere or you forget one part and then it's just an entire mess it's difficult it'll take you you know half an hour and work it out sit down and write it out but i think it's an absolute must during the buy rounds great advice as always so just finally before we log out on this one Captaincy options for the week. Now, it's a difficult week because a lot of people are ruling out Grundy and Gorn. Uh, La Hug's captain's article in front of me right now. Prediction for both Gorn and Grundy is around the 100 mark. So, obviously not expecting them to go massive. And the unfortunate thing is we can't vice-captain them. So, they played the last game of the round. So, uh, you'd be going in with a lot of risk that one nullifies the other and you get the wrong one, whatever happens there. So... Out of curiosity, Pistol, in a week that is very difficult for captaincy options, probably our first difficult week, to be honest, who are you looking at in your squad? Lockie Neal. Just, I have no hesitations whatsoever about putting the, the VC on Neal this week. 
Love it. Um, that was very short and concise. Uh, I don't own <laughs> Lockie Neal, so for those who yeah. are in my boat who don't own Neal, um, I think the Geelong game on the Friday, Patrick Dangerfield or Tim Kelly are great options. Personally, I'm going Tim Kelly, Pistol. What way would you lean in that situation? Uh, Bolter? No. Um, probably... <laughs> Hooley? No. Uh, probably Dangerfield. Okay. Um, yeah, I think he's going to light up the Friday night match. But if you have Crips, most people have Crips. I think you could very safely whack the VC on Crips and hope there's that new coach bounce and they get the best out of Crips for this week and it's a spirited performance. Um, I think, yeah, that's that's probably a move that should be considered. Even Zach Williams. Hey, as much as, uh, not bad. Yeah, he's, he had that huge ceiling uh, when Whitfield missed last time. So um, at least consider it. Probably not for very long, but it has to at least pop into your mind. Um, I know you're going to ask me about C choices, so I'm just going to jump straight into the, my captaincy decisions. Sean Higgins. I think... No. He, play, he no. plays Gold Coast. He's, he's actually going to score 130 plus this week. For those out there yeah. who own Sean Higgins, I know there's a vast majority of you captain him <laughs> this week. Um, I guess Cunnington, if the VC, if you're going to choose... Uh, you know what? Jack Zebel in his 200th no, game. No, let's not go there. No one, no one owns him, firstly. <laughs> and secondly, he's going to play full forward all day. And kick like 10 goals. <laughs> yeah, he might kick 10. <laughs> uh, that's why I'm suggesting No, it. please but, don't. Uh, yes, I think um, Jake Lloyd is probably an under-the-radar option as well. He's got a three-round average of 126, so he's sneakily in some very good form. And against West Coast, who will probably just pepper the goal for the entire game, um, I think uh, Lloyd's going to rack up those kickouts as well, and it's going to be a good score. So at the moment, I'm looking at Neil into uh, Jake Lloyd. Well, I'm looking at a Geelong player uh, into Josh Kelly. So... Um, with Crozer's only player who could possibly do a run with successfully being dropped this week with Bryce Gibbs going out. I think Kelly will have a nice wide-open game for GWS, and you know I actually think GWS will get a hold of Crows in this one a little bit. So, yeah, I'm going with Josh Kelly. I think he'll, he'll put up a pretty good, comfortable 130-ish score for captaincy. All right, and where can they find us on the social media, JB? Okie dokie. So you can find myself at JB underscore DRSC. Uh, Pistol, obviously, at Pistol underscore DRSC. Chizo with a K, uh, Chizo <laughs> underscore DRSC. <laughs> and then Dr. <laughs> underscore SC is the main Twitter, which is actually inactive at the moment due to the Facebook changing the privacy setting. I think we spoke about this a few weeks ago, but... Um, no idea there. So, what, what, are you, what are you laughing at, Pistol? That was all I'm fine. Just, I'm wondering where the K goes in Cheezo. It starts with it. It's, it's, it's K-H. K-H. Yeah, K-H-W-E-S-O. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, fine. Fine, Kizo there. Um, <laughs> and th- thanks for listening, community. Yeah.